take two middle-aged men who happen to be cousins and share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? An existential exposition of cinematic synergy we call The Finleys on Film. So where do we start when we, we want to talk about um, what? Oh, are you recording? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. What do we do? You should see my underwear situation. If we want to talk about um, drinking and being a drunk, uh-huh. where do we want to start? Well, uh, first off, I want you to know, Joe, uh, we all gathered here today because we were a little concerned about you. Yeah. Yeah. We figured we'd get you in a bar and have a little intervention slash podcast action. That's fair. Because By me, I talk about me and both my titties. Yeah. We are at Spokeasy Bar <laughs> in Fresno, recording yes, this live, on location, live, whatever we're calling it. Mm-hmm. We're in the, the abandoned back room with the pinball, t- a fucking <laughs> pinball table from the 30s back there. That's awesome. Yeah. And we're um, talking about a couple of classic movies about drunks, drunkards, boozers, <laughs> juicers. Yes. This movie might as well be put out by fucking Looney Tunes. Let's yeah, let's get let's get rolling. This is amazing. Okay, well, I think I'm this, looking forward to this a lot. All right, I'm gonna also my wife who is going to be on this episode. Oh I'm gonna God. I'm gonna uh, proxy her. I'm gonna tell you what she had to say too. So that oh. that'll be very interesting. Nice. But I mean, I mean, I meant like where would you start in terms of talking about drinking? Right? Like we come from a family of professional drinkers. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's right? all. Yeah, we got the Irish thing going way back. You got the Irish and the German. You, my friend, I love you, but you're functionally you're kind of a functional. Alcoholics. Yeah. Okay. Sure. When, you, when you when you're in the mood, like you're, yep. the, you're the guy who who um, has a stable enough life where your drinking doesn't fuck it up too badly. It's interesting. Yeah. Right. Whereas these movies are these movies have uh, fucking basically winos running around in them. Right. There's a, there's a, yeah there's because being an alcoholic or drinking too much or this or that yep. can get you in trouble sometimes and this and that. But the problem is there are as many different you know alcoholic stories as there are alcoholics running around on the planet. Most of them I think are, are actually pretty boring. Oh, boring as fuck. Yeah, right? absolutely. Most yeah. of them don't have that great fucking Steve Tyler burnout, you know, bottoming out moment where you burn down a Motel 6 in fucking Wyoming somewhere or okay. anything like that. You know, yep. just, it's just, they just, most people, most people who do drink too much, are alcoholics, just go through their life drinking way too much. They just sit on the couch all the time. Yeah. That's just it's not like a big my, deal. My dad did that. Don't, don't let, he's never going to listen to this podcast so we're safe, but. Yeah. yeah, he would do that whilst whilst talking about how much his dad drank too much and how you should never let you right. should never let the booze control you, kid. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I'm just gonna have a glass of wine, and over the years that wine gets full, <laughs> gets fuller and fuller each time it gets poured. What know? do you What do you think it is about alcohol that that attracts us so much? I mean, it, it seems to be a human, you know, like human beings want to be fucked up. Oh. Of course, escape, right? Yeah. Well, life is a fucking terrible shit show, wall to wall. It's not so, consciousness. We were talking about consciousness on the way over. It's not. A, it's not a vibe for consciousness, right? Oh God, no! It's a, no. It's a vibe for, for sleep. It's an extra. It's an okay. extra nap. It's okay. A, All right. Yeah, it's, it's getting a little bit more out of your REM in the middle of the shit show. Okay. Got it. Right? All right. Yeah. I really think that this is a alcohol is total escapism. It's not. And so there's no plane of consciousness. People to. People do that with pot or whatever, or they're trying to go for a plane of consciousness, but really they're just going for a different variety of this. So people who can't put it down are in this weird position where they're like everyone else that they want to escape, but they understand how to monitor escape. That is a weird concept, right? Because when we talk about these two films, right? I think that maybe because of who I am or maybe because of our history in terms right. of family and stuff, there's parts of it that I identify with, even though it doesn't explain it. It's very like understatedly like yes that's what it's like to be fucked up and leave your apartment searching for more alcohol oh yeah yeah, yeah. and by the way let's let's back up here i don't want to sound like i'm being hyper precious and you're an alcoholic and i'm not i'm just a different fucking variety of it 
Like I did when I was in the Navy, I was a fucking maniac alcoholic. Yeah. I drank all the fucking time. But when I got out of the Navy, I went for long stretches of just not being able to afford alcohol. I didn't take it that way, Tom. Actually, I think we all have our... I don't think you have a drinking issue at all. I think that we all have our different addictions, well, right? And, like, yeah. whatever it is, like, that's, that's a, you know, that's an, an interesting study about human beings. Like, like how we become addicted mm. to things. How, how we can know better. Know better. Because I'm thinking about those letters I found of our grandfather, <laughs> who was... Obviously had had some drinking issues at that point, but he's off at World War II, WW2, and he's mm -hmm. writing to our grandmother... And right. he's talking about other people. They both are. Like, they're a problem. Yes. Right? right? Not, like, not, 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 not like this, the, the magic that they had. How are we going to maintain a, 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 a friendship with these problem drinkers? And it's right. like, we know we're from the future. Like, yeah. we know where this fucking went. Like, terrible. Yeah. Like, yeah, our yeah. grandfather, like, throwing, like, a, a kitchen table through the window. Like, yeah. awful, you know, Our grandfather having, having his brain leave the back of his head at the age of, like, 40 something or other. Yeah, he, he died like not... six days sober. Or yeah, he was wet brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was going to a, actually they were they were about to drive him up to a to a drying out place, drive yeah. him north yeah. to some place where he could dry out and he boom, he had a that's a stroke instead. It, yeah. So, Save the money that way, I guess. But, I, <laughs> but no but but so yeah. speaking about I was just I'm not saying like uh, one way it's not a judgmental thing, but yeah. like I finish beers faster than anybody around me. That's just always the way it works for me. But that's true. Like, I, I mean you're beers. that way with food too. Like you're a yeah, exactly. a marathon it's a, guy. It's more of a yeah, it's more of a it's more of a let's get this shit in me thing. Yeah, sexually too. And he's pointing at my crotch as he's saying that, which yeah. I thought is a little bit odd, my friend. A little bit a little odd. odd. Yeah, considering how little it fills. Hello, Hi, you. Tiny penis, small joke. wiener. Yeah. All right. Cheers. So, um, I guess what we're saying is we're talking about classic films Will about. Will And we're drinking about, <laughs> about boozers. And we're going to start with 1945. Wow, Tom just fucking nailed that bitch. All That's right. fucking delicious. Um, That's a pear cider. I swear to God, I'm straight. We're going to start with uh, 1945's The Lost Weekend. The Billy Wilder's wonderful Lost Weekend. All right, look. So here's the deal. I think this is a great film. Really? Okay. I don't know how it's disputable. Like, it's, it's, uh, <coughs> it has its flaws, certainly, right? And one of them, there are a couple of spots where it gets a little crazy. It gets a little fucking Dumbo elephants on parade a couple of times. Well, I mean, but the thing is, it's not that what's crazy is not that that happens. Mm -hmm. It's that they attempted it without any sort of ability to capture it <laughs> with special effects. That's the problem, right? Well, they, were, they did. They busted their ass with special effects. This movie is, uh, I think it's the first use of the theremin. I was going to mention the theremin because Billy Wilder had... Um, he bought the rights to Isn't It Romantic? Isn't It Romantic? Uh -huh. And so you'll notice that Isn't It Romantic, some version of it shows up in almost every one of his films. Well, no like shit. a distorted version of Isn't It Romantic. Okay, okay. He really got a kick out of like the money he saved <laughs> off doing that. But not in this film. This film's got the, the theremin, which is the, the sort of like the antenna. Put to use, I would say, in in like a, a Lon Chaney films or something, right? Forbidden Planet. You ever see that? Okay, that's, yeah. That's another early early use of the theremin. So okay, so so <laughs> but you, they're using it to, to talk about like the, the the weird equilibrium state of an alcoholic who's who's craving the craving John Barleycorn. Okay, so so this is a time period. So like, okay, Alcoholics Anonymous comes around in like the 1930s, right? So by 1945, it's not like Alcoholics Anonymous is, is part of the consciousness of the American people, really. Right. And mm -hmm. in fact, I'm kind of surprised. Sometimes it'll come up in a I teach you know English uh, composition. It'll come up in, in a class with research or reference and, and how 
how much of the class has no idea, had never heard of it. Like more than fifty percent will say, like, what is it? Alcoholics? What? That seems crazy. Considering our family background, that is crazy. See, that's maybe yeah. Maybe maybe it's just that we have that family background of boozers and then uh, recovery people, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Anonymous. Anonymous. But it could be that. But in any case, um, so I would say that like. They're at this fresh point in the 40s where they can talk about alcoholism mm-hmm. with some... They have free reign. Yeah. Right? They can go down the old sort of like what price glory in right. his cups. Or they can go a mature route. And I'm going to suggest to you that they went the mature route. <coughs> like my wife hates this movie. Uh-huh. She was going to be here tonight. She couldn't make She's probably drunk. Yeah. Um, she thought this movie was... She, I'm quoting her. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. Well, come on. Michelle doesn't watch that many movies, unfortunately. I guess, but I, I don't... Let me, let me sit you down next to some battleship up here. Oh, Grandpa Smith's porch. We're going to watch him drink some cool lemonade and watch Battleship. I don't... But I don't know how this is even considered a bad movie. Like, this is a... First of all, Ray Milland, well, okay. who isn't in, like, a ton of movies no, that I've God. seen... And, and I tell you what, watching this movie, I want him to be in more movies. He is He's fucking, a fucking great. charming goddamn actor. He is great. I mean, he, he really carries his movie, movie through through elements that are like very believable, very like you feel sorry for him, mm-hmm. you feel completely annoyed with him. Mm-hmm. But really what where he what his crowning achievement is when you feel embarrassed for him. Yeah. He gets himself into situations in this film that are embarrassing as a yes. drunk. Yes. Believe me people, We're it's sober. embarrassing. We're sober. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I think Milan is the best thing in the movie. Well, Gene Wyman. Here's the thing about Gene she's Wyman. Good, but she just carries it with charm. But have you ever seen the the Yearling, which was like four years later, right? Mm. She, with Gregory Peck. She is a cantola. Really? So like her her range is kind of impressive. Actually. From like fucking from the Olympics of you know enabling. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the Enabler Olympics that yeah. she's, running, she's trying out for here. I mean, I guess. I mean, but also I think that it's not just that it's 1945 Hollywood taking on what a woman would be like. I think that women sort of saw themselves oftentimes, even if they were also alcoholics, as having to be the Enabler. Because that's what your job. Your whole job in life was to enable men in 1945, right? right? So and, and really, what was wrong with that? <laughs> well, I... I said the, said the said the country I, that dropped the I bomb. Hello. At the idea of someone enabling you, Tom. That that is a scary, scary moment, man. Oh, but oh, I can show you another, oh. alibi. another <laughs> shot of alibis. Oh my Christ! Oh my More Shit, bacon, I grow honey. A knee for, he I likes his bacon. Yeah. So so um, Tom's the round one. So um, this this Joe's film, the tall dickish one. This film starts with you know it's their. Um, it starts with a great shot of Manhattan, mm-hmm. and it slowly focuses on, on an apartment building. And you know, the first thing you notice is Ray, Ray Milland framed in the window, and a bottle of hooch on a rope or a, a piece of twine. <laughs> lowering or it out the window, hanging out the window, and obviously that's his hiding place, right? Right, right. right. So it's like you are right going, that's away. Pretty fucking clever, great escape. Way this to is, go. This is a guy who does that kind of drinking. Yeah. Where it's like, like he fills. Just to hide shit for people. Yeah, hides it, and like you know, you've heard. Uh, these stories, okay. right? Like in a, a toilet tank, or what is your boot slosh in the corner? Slosh, slosh, slosh. <laughs> <laughs> and and they're they're headed out of town. They're going to go up to Connecticut or something. He 
and his obviously girlfriend Jane Wyman and his like fucking Nazi like brown shirtish looking brother, right? Yeah, a little bit, a little they, bit. They're gonna go up to Connecticut for the cure, yeah. and it's very clear that he all he wants is to get a hold of that bottle out the right. window so he can sneak hooch to the the dry out place mm-hmm. or get away from them and, and drink it alone or whatever it is. Yeah. So like you're under no illusions except that immediately the embarrassing level of like lying and covering that he's doing uh, yeah, yeah. from them and it's like you know the fool of nobody by the way yeah because they've been through it and clearly this you know we get a little ex- exposition that, that the brother's been through this for like six years the girlfriend for three they've had it for, with this yeah, motherfucker he's, a, he's now ten days sober and he's just like fucking climbing oh. the walls inside pre- it's like Tom like without a brick of cheese oh, it's like Joe without Without being a tool, it's it's, not, it's undoable for ten <laughs> days this, at a stretch. In, in this scenario, it happen. would I just like not be a tool for a while, and I would be like, oh my god, I haven't been a tool for a while. Like, yeah, how no, does that you, play itself out? You're scratching, trying yeah. to trying to unleash the inner tool demons. Yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's, that's a, a good scenario. Yeah. yeah, I like it. So, so, um, so, so you, DTs, uh, uh, where you're like you're shaking your finger at tools. Jewish children or something. Okay, so let's get back on on track here. So, so. So, you know, I think he does a superb job in this mm-hmm. film of making you feel, like, cringy toward yeah. who he is. Because he also, like Tom, you mentioned, he's also extremely charming. So yeah. charming and humiliated. Yeah. Charming and full of shit and everyone knows it. Yeah. You know, like, charming and, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the that's scenario, and he somehow convinces them that they should catch the next train right. in three hours, which gives him a nice three-hour head start. Exactly. So this film is... And then he, he, he sends them off to go watch a concert that just happened to be available at the time. Blah, blah, blah. In, in any event, he finds his window for getting a couple of hours of drinking in before he gets to go to the dry-out place. Now, here's what I want to say about this film that I noticed about Wilder doing immediately. is It's very much about two, two stagings. It's very much about the extraordinarily, like... Um, Compact space, his apartment, and other places that we'll mention, or the the wilderness that is out there, which is just the street, like right. the world, right? Mm-hmm. And there's something about when he goes onto the street, and I, and and I thought it was like I didn't notice it the first time I saw it, but he talks about um, the circle of life. He yes. has this sort of like right. drunken thing, and you go outside, and there's all these sort of images of circles, a clock, these three sort of like um, spheres that keep hanging in the air over him, all yeah. these weird sort of like. Kind of postmodern, you know. Okay. Okay. So, so I, I wasn't drinking when I watched this, so I didn't see any of that. Elephants everywhere, bats flying toward me out of the TV. Anyway, so 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 he gets he gets this opportunity to, to get his drink on, and the first thing he does is he steals ten dollars that was meant for the maid. For the maid, right? right? Sends her away for the maid, and the nice and of course it's a nice Irish maid. Hello, yeah. Faith and Begora. So I just wanted the ten dollars. He hides in the sugar jar. So it's 1945. So like ten dollars is like bring in the you know oh, fifteen dancing girls. quarts of scotch, and uh-huh. so he gets a couple of, of fifths of scotch. No, um, rye. His drink is oh, rye. that's right. Sorry, it's rye. Where are you go, Mad Men? Come on. Sorry, buddy. Loves him the rye. Anyway, the rye so he gets him, gets him a couple of, of fifths of, of rye for the But then he wants to trip. stop in, and I do recognize this. I already have the booze, but let me stop in at the bar so I can have that kind of booze. Absolutely, because only, only a sad bastard drinks alone with his bottle I'm hiding. Well, anyone who drinks a lot, there's a weird sort of... Thing that happens right. with people who drink a lot. Like I think it's fair to say. I think we can go on record as saying our friend Doug 
enjoys alcohol occasionally. But you know, I was going to say like I, He's want, not I, wanted, I wanted to watch this with Doug because I wouldn't want to go like during the DT moments I'd be like, is that what it looks like? I wanted to know. <laughs> I know Doug is maybe the one person I know who probably does have DT. Has had but DTs. It, it amazes me that somebody who drinks a lot, not like Doug, but let's say someone who's like Doug. Sure. And we'll call him Doug. We'll call him. We'll call him Doug. Doug. <laughs> How much they drink, but how much of their drinking happens in bars where it's like $4 a beer. Right. Right? Like, how are you affording this? And mm-hmm. I guess the answer is you don't eat. Right. Right. Okay. Anyway, so. You'll, you'll notice Doog is also very skinny. As he's also like, a vegan. Yeah. He's a fallen over vegan. Wow. That guy's fallen over with veganism. <laughs> so anyway. so But he's get, strong. He's strong. We get this first outside character, and it's the bartender. And like the bartender to me, like by the way, stop me any time that you mm. think I'm wrong about this stuff. The bartender could have been very stock, like spit in the glass. But actually, he was a little more interesting than that, I yeah. thought, because he's a guy who's like, he's conflicted. I think bartenders often are. Right. With like, well, this is what I do. And if you have the money, I'm going to pour you a drink. But on the other hand, I'm watching someone like put a fucking gun, gun in the mouth, essentially, mouth. Yeah, right? exactly, right. And also, let's back it up really quick. One thing that's sort of gotten dropped is uh, Ray Meland is, uh, is it, he purports to be a writer of some kind. Yeah. Certainly, he he has a definite talent with words, which he displays a lot yeah. during his conversations, particularly his drunken conversations. That's when he, the, the, the bar the comes yeah, out, that's right? That's more the, the charming thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it gets a little muse at some point, well, a little heavy muse. Yeah, listen, I think comedians ha- probably have this, but n- I think writer is the biggest one for like something that you someone says they are. Yeah. And really, just means like I had ideas. Yes. And I people who are drinkers and who have ideas are the worst. Yeah. And so you're seeing that. Right. Because so oftentimes they're smart. That's why I'm saying purports to be a writer. Maybe could be. Yeah. And since this book is, since this movie is essentially treating itself as autobiographical to the book, yep. which was an autobiographical of an alcoholic who wrote a book about drinking. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's, the, the, the snake is eating its tail in a certain sense there. but And Ray Milland himself, who, by the way, turned out to be a fucking gutter level alcoholic later on in life. Nice. According to our friend Evan Monroe Faulkner. Yeah, the guy. That's right. With. Go ahead. Uh, no, that's okay. You gotta love, gotta love Evan. Love the Evan. Yes, dude. Absolutely. All right. So, um, so anyway, so um, okay, so yeah, so he's uh, he goes out on his bender. He's supposed to get back in time for to, to go to the country with his brother. And uh, you know that's not happening. Yeah, no, it didn't happen. I mean, no, fancy it's, that. It's blackout time. Well, okay, so Imagine that. there are all these sort of like characters, and it's like they're they're like the bartender's conflicted because yeah. it's like his job, but he cares about people. It's a whore with a with a with a heart of gold. The there. whore with the heart that really, of gold. That really wants to, you know. Wants to take him to La La Land. Who can be used by this guy, right? <coughs> Weirdly, because he's so charming. <laughs> I asked my wife if he was good looking. She said, yes, but right. like a 1940s good looking. Yeah, yeah, okay. Right? He's a Spencer Tracy good looking. I would say more than Spencer Tracy. For really? Right. Same. Well, younger Spencer Tracy. I would say he's a, a Cary Grant light. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. All right, so anyway, so this film is... Now it, now it becomes clear to the brother, like, fuck this guy... You know, he misses his opportunity to go upstate. Fuck him. I've been through it enough. He abandons him. Yeah. Now, she is... Brother's done. She Jane Wyman is still going to hang around a bit, but, uh, but she has a fix limited, that, man. She has a limited capacity to hang around. Right. She can stand in front of his apartment until she falls asleep, but at some point she has to go, and he is obviously a master at getting around situations. That's for the film, to me, the writing, uh-huh. the directing, and especially the acting on Raymond part becomes really masterful in this film because you see someone spinning out the level of 
bullshit right. that this guy spill, uh, spins out, and it's incredible. So the level of bullshit the guy is spinning out is one thing. The, the, the part of it that bugs me a little bit is the level to which the, the, the movie is spinning out a little bit of bullshit. It's a little hyper-moral at some points, you know? Mm. Uh, it's trying a little too hard. Okay, allow me to elucidate. He meets the young lady at a, uh, at a, at a, at a what is it, Bahar. opera. Oh, oh well, there's, there are flashbacks, and the yeah, flashbacks so take the form of him telling the bartender, that, I have a story in mind, and right. it's obviously his own story. Okay, Okay. so anyway, so he uh, meets her because he uh, he's uh, he puts his, he's, he's going to this opera, yep. he puts his, his booze, his spare, his spare, you know, clip of booze in his uh, jacket, in his coat, leaves it at the at the coat check, yep. goes in to watch the fucking opera. Yep. And about a third, about a third of the way through the opera, people are drinking champagne on stage, yep. and he starts salivating at it like a dog at a fucking, like... Like a dog at a, at a I thought that was great. I thought, the, I, I thought it was hilarious. And at the point where he starts hallucinating that all the all, all the people on stage are carrying his coat with the yeah. bottle of booze in it. Yeah, that's yeah, too far. It's a that's too weird. Far. It's a little yeah. weird. It, like, moments like that detract from the movie. Overall, though, but they're like I wanted to three hate the movie. minutes of the movie. Those moments. I wanted, here's the thing. I wanted to hate the movie, but it was really hard to do that, it's, particularly because of his acting and the way he pulled it off. Yeah, this was really good. Later on, he has the DTs and there's a, a horrible like rubber bat on a fishing uh, line flying uh, around that. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, there's there are three, two or three movies, but here but here's what's not terrible. He 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 has two bottles of booze. He he can't figure out where he's hidden one of them after right. going on a bender with the first one, right? So he has to figure out how do I go out and I get more booze. He sees a match, uh, a book of matches with a fancy you know cocktail lounge or uh, something. He goes to the cocktail lounge and he figures a way to try to steal a woman's purse <laughs> away woman's from purse. her. Right, take right, it to right. the restroom, uh, take the money out, and try to return it. But when he goes back. They're, they're on to him. Yeah, he gets caught. And he, it's humiliating. He has to tell everyone, yes, I, I tried to steal your purse. And that I shit I steal your purse. Well, really, let's check and see if there's any money in it. Here's the $10. Yeah, in my other pocket. And it's like, it's so, I feel for him. Yeah. I yeah. absolutely feel for him yeah, in those moments. Yeah, he does manage to make you feel for him, even though he's, like, filthily not deserving of it in any No, way. but it, 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 he goes to that a lot. And a great, I mean, some, like, you know, we talked about Billy Wilder before about how he was um, he was sort of like on board with auto premature, or he said he was. Like, I'm not for these fancy shots. But I think with Sunset Boulevard, we kind of disproved that. Mm. And I think with this one, too, to some degree, it doesn't have all the sort of, like, um, you know, fireworks that, that Sunset Boulevard has. But it does have some really interesting shots, including the one where he figures out where he's left the second bottle. Right. When he collapses on the bed, looks up, and there's a shadow of the bottle coming out <laughs> of the light sort of fixture. Right, um, where he's actually screwed to death like a light bulb because he's an alcoholic. That's crazy, yeah. The change is alcoholic. And I would say, okay, so, so some of the sort of technical stuff about, like, you know, um, actors turning into dancing coats with the booze in it, the, the, the rubber mm. bat. I would say one section of the film where he finally is admitted to Bell, like a Bellevue type institute, right. and the the fucking worker there, I've never seen. You know, all he wants to do is torture the incoming alcoholics. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But again, we're talking about like three or five minutes of the film yeah. that could have been cut out. This could have had a better editor. I would oh, say. Yeah, or someone okay, could have pushed Billy that. Wilder around a bit. I, yeah, i got to be honest. Like, okay, I was expecting to dislike it more than I did dislike it. I was expecting it to be more um, Reefer Madness. It, it had, uh, there was, a, there was, there were, it was Kiss and Cousins. Very, not, not very, as bad, not nearly as bad as Reefer Madness. Because yeah. this person had obviously seen alcohol at some point. Yeah. He wrote this fucking screenplay. Yeah, no, as opposed to Reefer Madness. It was like, 
oh, they get hyper on weed, you know, like, fucking bananas. Yeah, I mean, look, the thing is, if you look at a film like um, Comeback Little Sheba, which we've talked about before <laughs> with Burt Lancaster, which is right? a much more, it's much more nuanced yeah, in many ways. I mean, at the end, you know, when when the person who's dry gets drunk. I, in classic films, it's always going to be a little bit embarrassing. Right, right. But beyond that, yeah, I would say that's that's probably in some ways a better film. Mm-hmm. Except that as great as Burt Lancaster is, he's not as good as Ray Milland is. No, Ray Milland was made for this role. It really was. Yeah, and it was amazing. I, I, I was absolutely blown away by that. Now, now let me ask you this: relative to Please. this movie, at the end, of course, we have the sort of semi-obligatory, more or less. It's it's happy ending, right? He decides to write the book, yeah. throws a cigarette into that last shot glass, as though five minutes later he wasn't fishing it out. And like, just, I've done that. What are you talking about? I know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, do you think he actually was cured? I mean, no, of course not. Yeah, of course not. It was absurd. But see, but that still. to me, that to me is here's what I suspect. I don't think that's Billy Wilder's fault or the writer's fault. Well, Bill, Billy Wilder co-wrote it. Um, I don't think it's. I think it's actually what we've talked about a number of times where there are films that Hollywood or the studio system requires yeah, you. They require a certain thing to happen. Yeah. And yeah. I think that, and, and here's how I know because it was so short. Right. It was just like thir- like 45 seconds basically at the end of the film. Like they just tacked on some sort of moralistic like mm. foreshadowing or something. Right. All right. So we're we're t- a little bit split. I liked it more than you split. did. You, yeah, you like it more than I do. I would I would I have to like I have to say it's a flawed film. Yeah, you would agree with that, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, I think it's enjoyable. It's, it's worth a watch. I would say. I mean, if you give it less than three stars out of four, you're yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's good. I, I would say three, three and a half stars, even. Yeah, I go three. All right, maybe. Yeah, okay. All right, so let's move forward to 1963. All right. And the days of wine and roses with uh, Henry Mancini doing Great the soundtrack. Song. Fuck, yeah. man. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I have a. I have to. Uh, just at the beginning, I have to say, I have a tremendous sort of emotional um, attachment to this movie. I've right. seen it many, many times. I've seen it many times too. I've seen it like you probably many more times <laughs> than I've seen the last weekend. Now, oh, here's yeah. what yeah. I want to ask you. Watching it with my dad while he's drunk is hilarious. <laughs> Wasn't as funny near the end or at the beginning, quite frankly, but in the middle it was very funny. All right, so so tell me, just right from the start, better or worse than last weekend? I'm going to go better movie, not as entertaining. Okay. Last weekend is entertaining. Yeah. I, I, if it's nothing else, it's, a, it's got an entertainment factor. Well, you know what the lo- here's what last weekend is is it's well, as the title implies, it's a weekend, right? Yeah. So like, the Days of Wine and Roses has the advantage of coming like back and forth, like covering situations, a, what, 15, right? Like a fifteen year arc or something. 10, Some, maybe ten, arc. yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, so we're t- we're talking about Jack Lemon. and Lee Remick. Lee Remick. So it's like before this, she'd done like Anatomy of a Murder. I think mm-hmm. that's. Her, this is her second like big film, right? Is it really? So, so is this before um, Experiment and Terror? Yeah, probably is. Yeah. No, 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 no. An- Anatomy of Murder fifty nine, hmm? Experiment and Terror sixty two. This is sixty three. Got it. Okay. Okay. And it's directed by Blake Edwards. Yes. Well, you think it was a funny guy? You got SOP. Yeah, he's you a got, funny guy. He's the, the, the Pink the Panther, Panther movies. Eh? Ah. He got pinks. He's got panthers. What he's do you want? Banging Julie Andrews. Ah. So anyway. anyway, so this film is. Uh, so Jack Lemmon, like I think it's also the first time I, I'm aware of that he 
acted dramatically, like purely dramatically. Like he had dramatic moments in Cowboy or even right. The Apartment, right? But like a purely dramatic role for Jack Lemmon. Yeah, I would go with you on that. And yeah. I must say that he was, yes. he's got a little bit of the Robin Williams in that he's, when you see him in a dramatic role, you're you are like, oh, he was as made for drama yeah, as he as was, was for comedy. comedy. Sure. Yeah, for like sure. Alan Arkin too had that quality. Yes. Yes, you could, you could do both into that spectrum, right? Okay, so uh, he plays, um, what do you play? I can't remember his last name. Joe. Joe, Joe Clay. Joe Clay. That's his name. Yeah, but he's a P, like a PR person, would you say? Yeah, right. Well, public yeah, relations. He's a, yeah, public relations schmuck for some nondescript company or other. And they're in San Francisco is where they start. So, I mean, his job essentially, like, he, he describes <coughs> it later on as, like, his whole job is to, like, get people liquored up and get them whores. Right. But but officially, it's, like, to make sure that, like, um, you invite the client right. to and the, the, you the know. Sultan of Brunei comes to town and you run his PR for him. You spin the world for him, right? So this is his and get hookers. This is his job, and he loves boozing and and you know being part of it. And he has the drunkest part of the whole deal. You can't not do it, right, John? Don Draper. Yeah, and basically being, he's a Don Draper character. Being drunk in a way like Don Draper, where you're like, "Art is he drunk? He's got to be drunk." Right. But like, clearly he's used to it, right? <coughs> and right. He, he has this sort of background where his parents were like show people, or mm. and he's got this weird sort of background. So it starts with him, you know, having sort of hosting one of these events for a client, right? And Lee Ramit comes along. She's a secretary, right? Yeah, she's a secretary in the building there, and he's got kind of got the hots for her. He wants to put a little move on her, like 1963 style. She's kind of and she's kind of crushing his dream, right? Well, like because she point, says. The first thing she says is, "I don't drink." Right, right. She doesn't drink, right? And then uh, he it was, he gets her peanut brittle, and she doesn't like peanut brittle. You know, there's little things like that. He's just that's he's, cute. He's, he's good everywhere else, but when he tries, I think you to might be, be a little drunk, Tommy. You're skipping ahead pretty fast. Uh, shut yeah, up, <laughs> when, he's, when he's trying to put the moves on her, <laughs> he's a clod. to your head. He's Dad. a clod when he's trying to put the put the moves on her. You know, he's, yeah. she's the one that, that, that is that, he hurting? Hmm? Is he hurting? Hurting? He'd be a Claude Aikens. Ah. Shut up. Well, this one's free. No, please stop talking. <laughs> now, you do know that this was originally a Playhouse 90. I, you know, one of my favorite things that when people do is they go like, you know, of course. No, I was curious. Did, I mean, yeah, this uh, was, yeah, this I was remember, originally a Playhouse yes. 90. I yeah. saw it. It was not nearly as good as the movie. It was with, um, oh, fuck, what was his name? Cliff. Uh, Cliff Roberts. Yeah. Yeah, not as good as the movie at all. But anyways, yeah. Um, so it's, um, yeah, so he finally gets her. To go onto this guy's boat, yep. the client's boat. Yep. He gets her out there. So much arms her. Eventually gets her out to go on a date with him. Yep. And gives her... Th- now, this, by the way, in the Me Too era... That's free, baby. Well, that's the thing. She doesn't drink, and so he orders her a drink. Yeah. And she's, oh, no, 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 no. And he's, oh, no, 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 baby. It's chocolate, baby. That's it's right. chocolate. A Brandy Alexander, which, by the way, I've had a couple of times. Uh-huh. They're delicious going down. Yes. But a little too delicious, because they will get you very sick. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. And there's, yeah, there's okay. And now there, and even now we have better chocolate drinks than the, the good old Brandy Alexander. But she likes the way suddenly having first now oh, being introduced, it how makes it makes her, her nose tickle. Yeah. Oh, hee hee hee. Yeah, that's right. That's a oh, funny what way. dreams it gave us when we were like twelve years old. Mm. Write it's that down, Tommy. It's funny how this movie, in its weaker moments, is more cartoonish in some senses than um, than Lost, Lost Weekend. Weekend. Yeah, it is. In some senses, it is. Uh, yeah, I mean... Only in its weaker moments, and I, it has, like, three of those. Well, okay, so uh, not only does it have more time to play with in the Lost Weekend, it has 
uh, more characters who have contrasting elements, right? right? I mean, obviously with Ray Milland, it's like he, it's, he's playing against Jane Wyman and whoever plays his brother. Right. But that's kind of it, right? right. And, and the people in society who want him to get the fuck out of here and no credit, please, right? Mm -hmm. But this one, there are actual relationships where people are, this is the yin and yang, right? Yeah, of the right. relationship, he, right? He introduces her to alcohol. Oh, does and, he? And continues to, uh, to lube the, lubricate the slide, if you will. But it sounds, but less, I mean, it sounds worse than it actually is in the film because in the film they're clearly having a good time they're right. like first of all he's found like oh I, a woman I like and she's a drinking buddy and she's like wow this is the fun I never had right basically right, like right. this guy's come along it's a kind of a party this guy because I work hard damn it yeah exactly. go on take me away <laughs> and then and then it starts sliding downhill and then they're putting, then next thing you know she's putting the kid they finally have a kid she's putting the yep. kid to sleep at like you know, it's time to go to bed at three in the afternoon. Sure. Mommy's got to start drinking the scotch. Oh, yeah. So she, she becomes as much a juicer as he. Yes, absolutely. But, but, but she also has more opportunities to do it because she's home all fucking day. Well, that's what we're He's do. episodically drinking because yeah, he's, he's working. He's, he's bringing he's a paycheck home, job. Tom. He's bringing home, God the, damn it. He's bringing home the gin. Yeah, so, so I mean, it's it's predictable so far. Were that the film, it would just be this predictable film of, like, the downfall of, you know, a couple or a woman or right. fall from grace or something like that, right? <laughs> but it gets actually more interesting than that because he realizes in, as it's going along that there's a problem. Suddenly, there's a scene where he sees himself in a reflection yeah. of he a bar. Like balls. And it's like, holy shit, this mm. is who I've become. And he, he, can't, he can't believe it. Weirdly... Because we can all believe it. We've been we, watching we've the been film watching for like 40 minutes. Movie, right, 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 right. But, but he can't believe it. And, and by the way, I just want to stop and talk about Blake Edwards here for a second because I think his directions, I think it's really interesting the way he directs his film because it comes very close to being, I'm not talking about the storyline or how it makes you feel, but like the directing of it, like the camera work, comes uh -huh. close to being very like um, television-y. I don't know another way to put it, like sort of drawn out, like sidewalk, like over the top music. Okay, it's, it's a little soap opera. Yeah, is that I what mean, you're trying to say? A soap a, opera. I kind guess of? in a way, right? But okay. he pulls it back because we've got this real <coughs> conflict here. Because everyone who, everyone who has an obsession or a problem right. in life has had a moment where the solution is not, let me slowly build my way out of this, but the exact opposite, Norton. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to do, like, so he comes home and it's like, we're, we're off the, you know, we're off the juice now. Right. And she doesn't know what he's talking about, mm -hmm. but she loves him, and the, there's the love story sort of intact, him, right? right? Because they are in love. That's definitely part of the story. Well, so in the meantime, all this time, I, I forget the actor's name, but he was in the court-martial of... of um, oh, fuck, great actor. Yeah, right? This great plays her father. Yeah, well, yeah, great character actor. Can't remember his name. But he... The curse of the character actor. He not only is obviously a guy who doesn't drink and doesn't <coughs> understand why Joe would drink, or right. even that his daughter does He doesn't really approve of vaginas, probably. He doesn't even approve of like the job Joe has, like public relations. That does, that's not work with your hands. Right. I, grow, I, make, I make plants for people. He's down south of San Francisco in the peninsula, some yeah. Half Moon Bay or something mm -hmm. like that, right? So they decide they're going to get sober at his house. Right. Right? And now I got to throw a little bit of the Lost Weekend criticism back your way, my sure, friend. Sure, bring it, bring it. Because it's tragic and it's sad, but they get sober by working in the old man's like plant... He runs a nursery. Yeah, right. Plant nursery. They've been sober for a couple of months, and so Jack Lemon decides, "Hey, we've been good. Let's have a little taste of the old alcohol." Now, by the way, so far I'm on board. Like this happens, as yes, you sir. know, as you know, Tommy. Well, this know. does happen. We don't right? usually go out and get a fucking keg and a half, though. Uh, 
but but he has a couple of couple of pints hidden away. He's brought he brings one into the bedroom. Let's let's have a little little nipsy poo of this this whiskey. And the other one is out in the greenhouse. Right. And by the time this they finish the first one, fucking, yeah. he has to try to find the other one. He's drunk yeah. and this is pissing over down over the top, ridiculous, crawling around, smashing like like potted plants to find it, crying because he can't find it. But here's the here's what's what saves this movie. When he finds it, he starts laughing. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I'm sort of with you. Right. I've been there. I mean, wow. I'm sort of with you. Wow, Joey. Oh my God, we need to get that intervention for sure. <laughs> I remember watching this and thinking to myself, every time, I think like every third time I watch it, I thought it would have occurred to me like, God, I hope he did another take. They really forced him to do that like five takes. That wasn't right. Oh right! Oh yes. my god! What a fucking what is what a nightmare that would have been. So it's of course like, there. It's, it's yeah. It's a little cart. That scene is definitely a little cartoony, a little over the top. One of the things that really sort of saves this movie in a sense is that the, the people are pretty human. Oh, I'll tell you Overall, what. Saves except it. for that moment. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of like these people are like I get it. You know. What saves it is later on when he gets sober again. Right. And she's not sober. Mm-hmm. Someone comes into play. Oh, boy. It's very, very important. Bum, 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 bum. We're talking about Jack Klugman. Jack Klugman practicing. He's, yeah, are you kidding? He's rehearsing for Quincy <laughs> in this movie. This is the movie where he's becoming Quincy. Yeah. Beautiful. But he talks to, he talks to Jack Klugman like he talks to Sam. Yes, exactly. Like, this is fucking Quincy. Like, the character he is in this movie is that fucking Quincy. That whiskey was murdered. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, my God. So, anyway, Jack Lemon becomes sober. Mm-hmm. And then she doesn't. She doesn't. So it's like, oh, this is going to end sadly. But <coughs> what I like about this film is, like real alcoholics real fucking your life up, it never stops. So it's like he goes out to save her, and then of course, in order to be with her, he drinks. Anyway, the film just sort of ends essentially with her walking down the street, pack of past a like a liquor store sign that's flashing on and off as he's watching her out of a fucking window. Yeah, this is a great sad ending. Yeah, with the bar sign flash. Why would you, by the way, after all of that, this is one problem with the movie. He's finally sober after all that. He's taking care of the kid. She's gone. Why would you rent an apartment where there's a bar sign neon flashing in your window? Uh, Why? Because you can't afford a different place? No, Why? probably because he wanted to prove to himself he didn't need neon. That's what it is. He's like, fuck you, neon. Yeah. You have no power over me. That's right. So there. Okay, that's fair. Anyway, I like this movie a lot. I do too. It's like I said, there's a sentimental favorite to this movie. I've seen it so many times, um, but that doesn't stop it from being a really good movie and definitely a worthwhile watch. Yeah. All right. You know what else is worthwhile is becoming <laughs> a Patreon subscriber. That's right. You know, people for grubble, less grubble, than grubble. the cost of a cheap bottle of vodka mm-hmm. from Thrifties. For less than the cost of a house in 1933. <laughs> for $5 a month or more. You can become a subscriber and not only support our venture, right. but have access to the Finley's Fine Reserve. But now we're talking about twice monthly episodes available to Patreon subscribers only, as well as access to the Patreon subscriber only archive. Right. Finley's Fine Reserve. People eat it up. I can't. You know why? Well, they drink it up. Drink it's a fine I'm sorry. Reserve. Drink it it's up, fine, It's a fine sipping podcast, my uh, friend. It's right. It's like a pair. We've had some beer here, by the way. <laughs> All right, so um, <coughs> does that rate and review us on iTunes? Yes, and uh, join me on uh, TomSmithComedy.com, please. And then keep an eye out for the schedule. My God, Tom. Yeah, so you are going. 